I like a theme carried through, don't you? Like a leitmotif. Yes, you can look that word up if you feel it's necessary. This was UKW Showdown. It's the go-home show, but UKW have done so well with bringing those matches for Pride and Glory, which have taken place now, um, that they don't need to make very many, or indeed any. In fact, there's only one. No, there's two, there's two. Two matches at the pay-per-view. They don't need to stuff this full of, this is what's going to happen. Everything seems natural, and they've already set it up. Firstly, we've got a new commentary. Permanent, I think he said. I think Brett, the voice of UKW, said at the beginning of the programme that Shelby is no longer his co-commentator and it will be Sid Phoenix. I really like Sid doing commentary, that's great. But what, 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 I'll miss Shelby. Surely she'll pop back at everything and be doing something else. I hope so. Anyway, it will be Sid and... Um, Tonight, you didn't get the chance just to chat to Brett. Why? The essential Paul Hubris, the UKW champion, is out to commentate with them. And you know, the thing about Paul Hubris is that he is a heel that people don't like. Non-essential chance, all that. But the, um, the other thing is that he's very, very entertaining and really funny. And all the chat to set the programme up um, including him laughing, just not being able to hold it in at the idea of Shiki Castle, Shiki Castle winning the belt. It's just great, and Sid can't help but laugh at some of Hubris's comments. That's great, Hubris's Hubris's comments, and all the way through, he's a great presence, got good analysis, good insight, very funny. Like it a lot. He, he knows what he's doing and um, he's it's right uh, although I've really enjoyed JPR as a champ really enjoyed him as a champ and his run was fantastic I, I think it's really good to put the belt on Paul Hubis um, moving on out comes Red Brocco to tell Leone Rose that she has a match tomorrow she's out and says but I, she wasn't told he then makes it a triple threat match now, Hubris doesn't like it, and he's right. She gets less than 24 hours notice. She is the GM of Ignite. It looks like Red Brocco thinking, yeah, well, I'll show her. By the way, Hubris at this point calls himself the Mike Tyson of wrestling, which I like very much. But he does have a point about Leonie Rose. What time has she got to prepare for it? So, on to the main meat of UKW Showdown. First of all, it's Tommy Dillon. He's got a new, nasty kind of personality versus Hamza. Now, before we even get to the match, Hamza and uh, Mercer are pictured in the back, getting into it, having an argument. I wondered why that was. I couldn't quite remember. But I think it's because the mercenary got involved in the Brotherhood beating down NRG because he's a mercenary and he was and he's getting the... The, the money, you know, um, and uh, that's why Momentum was hurt and they lost the titles to Shiki Castle. <sighs> yep, I'm not laughing. And um, so he'll be tired out before he even gets to the, to the ring. Anyway, 
there's a wrist lock applied early on, and I always think, oh, a wrist lock. Oh, blimey. But it's sold. Both um, Tommy and Hamza sell it really well. Spinning slam that, that Tommy Dillon does for a long two count. Uh, Hamza then uses his head as a weapon, as a headbutt off the second rope, I think, uh, or to the shoulder area. That must, have, that must have hurt. As Hubris points out, really, if you want to be in this game long term, don't use your head as a weapon. He's probably right. And then there's um, Hamza rolling through for his finisher. Dylan's got it scouted. It's a spear, which is very nice, for a long two count. And then the Kiara lock for the tap. Now, I wasn't surprised that Hamza lost because they are bigging uh, Tommy Dillon up with his new attitude. Yeah. But um, that was a good match, actually, to start. It was short. It really was good. And maybe Hamza was thinking, I probably shouldn't have got into it with Mercer because I was a bit tired when I got in. Now, next, we do have the aforementioned <sighs> Sheiky Castle. Sheiky Mania running wild. Let me tell you something, brother. The crowd like it, but I'm not massively keen. Brother. Yeah, they're fighting the Brotherhood. Brother. Yeah, they're part of the uh, fly, Flying Squad. Really, the Firing Squad. I'm not sure if it's flying or firing, whichever it is. Whichever it is. I'm still not massively keen on them. I think it worked. I mean, I went, you know, it, it, it scanned. I didn't practice it, so there you go. Now, it's quite a good match, this, actually, because Sheiky Castle, even though I just think, oh, come on, I'm quite enjoying Chris Castle being pulled into this by Sheik McToom and then winning the titles is a big move, a silly move in my view, but a big move. And, uh, spoiler alert, it might not last much longer. Anyway, there's quite a lot of cutting people off here. So we've got... um, Uther being cut off in, in their corner. They do that very well. They cut the ring in half. But then the Brotherhood doing the same to Muktoom. Very nice Uther double stomp off the top and and, and, and um, onto the arm of uh, Muktoom and then a foot to his throat just to make sure. I'm sick of working on the arm. I'll just put this right on your throat. Yeah. Now, um, briefly, Muktoom sheiks up just the Hogan thing, but you can't really see what he's... He's not really defined enough, the movements. They need to be bigger. It's almost as if he's sort of embarrassed to do them. I'm sure he's not. I know he's not. But it just seems they need more air. He needs to do more with them. He needs to do it so that his opponent can step back and be open-mouthed. Well, if it was Uthi, you wouldn't notice, would you? But at least step back and be, you know, kind of a bit worried that... He doesn't do the finger in the face as well. The finger wag. He should be doing that, really. Anyway... Castle's in, lovely Michinoku driver. As uh, Brett Hadley says with some surprise, Chris Castle can wrestle. Yes, he can. Castle wrestles. Yes, he does. And um, the bouncy Castle is foiled by Uther, who sits up and um, and then hits a modified neckbreaker, which is very nice, actually. The Brotherhood double kick, which is really very reminiscent of another tag team in... Um, in AEW, it's called the Blinding Light, but it doesn't win because they get the Double Castle Rock for that pin. Now there was some shenanigans about who the legal man was, and Ubis was calling it out. I was doing that all night. Why isn't the referee counting? That was, I, I like that. But Shiki Castle got the win. This is the semi-final of the of the tag league. No spinning, no. It's not indoor league, but but you know it's been 
as exciting, and they will be in the final. The other semi-final will be later on. Now then, we've got Dylan Chase, who's with Mercer. Now, Mercer is the Mercer... Nerry, just putting a bit of toast on there, because I might as well. And um, he's saying that business has picked up. Of course it has since he's won the title. Yeah. I mean, he's, what he's not, he's not, there's no mere culpa here. This is really good heel work. Of course, Hamza calls him out. He wants the belt. I want that. Now, Mercer doesn't say, well, I mean, he should have just asked. What, what, do you want me to loan it to you? £500 a day. Or anything like that. He just sort of says, yeah, we'll have a fight in two weeks' time. That'd be good, actually. Mercer versus Hamza. And Mercer's heel work there was really good. Really good, arrogant heel work. Now then, good to get the practice in. And J.Mo Lewis, just the J.Mo Lewis, because Big Duncan won't be by his side at the pay-per-view, apparently, he's going to have a look at uh, trying out some two-on-one matches because, of course, he will be facing Tommy Dillon and um, Brett, uh, not Brett, Rex Savage. Yeah. And so he's going to fight Savage, another Savage, and uh, Havoc. Savage and Havoc sounds like two nasty comedians. Anyway, I I thought they were under the thrall of Mr. Crowley, do, 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 but uh, they're not. They were sort of zombified to use a word, zombified by Mr. Cr- by Mr. Crowley, and um, that seems to have been forgotten on last week's Ignite, and it seems to have been forgotten here as well. Now, I did call it out as not really being very new stuff, and maybe that's what UKW have thought. They couldn't do worse than listen to me. That doesn't sound right. They could do worse than listen to me, that's right. Yeah, couldn't is a different word, Steve. Yeah, that makes it sound a lot different. Anyway, this match was all right. Now, you know that Jester J. Rowe Lewis is going to win this because if he loses, you think, well, he's not got a chance then, has he, under the pay-per-view? Why would I bother watching, watching the pay-per-view for that match? So, we get a sort of tag agreement. Savage and Havoc agreed to tag in, not to be in at the same time all the time. And Lewis kick, drop kick. Savage comes back with the basement clothesline and the suplex. Then they're both in with a double suplex. You've got... Um, a very nice moment where Lewis is thrown to the ropes and there's a kick from the outside. But the feature of this match is he kicks, he keeps blooming kicking out. Yeah. Then some kicks to Havoc from Lewis, a cutter to Savage, spinning neck breaker to Havoc, and the pin. It was a really good match, actually. Yeah. But he didn't get the chance to celebrate because Tommy Dillon with a karate kid headband. It's a bit weird. Why don't you put the headband on, Tommy? Smacks him around with a chair. Rocco takes him to the back, but Lewis selling really well. Just selling massively. Um, he, uh, he won't really be at full strength for the match the following night. It's going to be hard for him anyway. Yeah. Now, Ian Creed, who I really like, versus Joe Sedgwick, whose work I really like as well. 
Now Creed, because he had some, he had an attack on his finger last week, his digging finger, no less. It's bandaged, it won't stay bandaged for long. And um, Joe Sedgwick obviously thinks I need to attack him early on. He's doing a sort of, doesn't scare me, shtick. Creed's under the ring, out behind him. There's one of those, I'll walk back and bump into him. Yeah, it's a bit of a sort of Abbott Costello type thing. Remember Abbott Costello? You need to be of a certain age. It is a sort of, it's behind, he's behind me, isn't he? Could have done with more time, actually, to really sell that. Now, you've got Creed catching him in the apron, um, the apron skirt, that's what you call it, and going for the ear early on, not managing it. Sedgwick comes back with a missile drop kick, only for a one count, stands on the fingers, later he'll stomp on the fingers as well, and Ian Creed has to come back some way, hits a headbutt, then the falcon arrow goes for the finger, Joe Sedgwick fights it, and wrenches on that finger, just for good measure. Yes. There's a lovely, quick, precise, smooth Creed backbreaker into his big knee for the pin. And tomorrow night, which is the night that's already gone, get my meaning, it's not a temporal time warp thing or anything like that, or alternate realities, although sometimes in wrestling I do wonder, there'll be 249 feet of chain. We don't know where it's going to be, and you can't win by submission or count out. You can only win by pinfall. That's the Madhouse match. It's his match. We don't know where the chain's going to be. But it's interesting. I first thought he said 249 feet of cage. I thought, well, are you, how are you measuring it? And then when he said you can only win by, by pinfall, I thought that's just a cage match, isn't it? But actually, it's chain. Yes. Sounds like it's going to be a good match. Not sure if it was, though. Anyway, next we've got... Um, Leonie Rose and Johan Hunt, who have not been getting on of late, versus Jacob Reed and Sarah Skye. Now, they argue early on, Rose and uh, Hunt, and there's a Skye suplex, a Rose clothesline, close, uh, cl- uh, closely Rose, I was going to call her then, Leonie Rose, blimey, closely Rose, must be her sister. Anyway, she runs Sarah Sky's eyes across the top rope, which I love. I love that move, it's great. Then you've got um, the reverse flatliner from, um, I think it was Rose actually, I think so. Johan has two goes at jumping out through the ropes onto Jacob Reed. Yeah, the first time it didn't really work because Reed sort of half, half caught him. So he just, he just got back in the ring and had a go again. You might as well. At that time, it's a little more successful, but there's not much room on that side of the ring. So it didn't look great. Now, you've got Johan Hunt jawing at the ref. You know he's going to. Behind the ref's back, Rose drop kicks. um, The drop kick into Reed's back. That's Leonie Rose, not closely Rose, her sister. And Johan, immediate basement sling blade. That's beautiful. There was a straight jacket applied to Rose from Sarah Sky. Paul Hubie's called this out, and they called it out last week, and it's right that it's just not tight enough. So there's no point, because he said she built up momentum, and then then there's this. Yeah, it wasn't right. It needs to be tighter. Anyway, Rose hit the Red Queen. She prevaricates. She looks like she's going for um, the Jonathan Sedgwick uh, super kick. 
Hunt doesn't like that waiting, tags himself in, and I thought we were going to have walked straight into, you know, a move and then a pin, but it didn't work that way, which was good actually, because he countered with a, after several read uppercuts and delirium, didn't go from that, he didn't get pinned from it, he countered into a lovely tilt-a-world DDT, it was beautiful, and then he remonstrated again with Leone, I think she called him a Judas, I think they, that, that's what they said, she slapped him, and then he did walk into the Jacob's Ladder for the pin, Hubris points out, surely that slap, that slap was a tag, he's not the legal man, he's right, He's absolutely right. And I love that stuff from Paul Hubris. He, he was doing it all night and it was really good. Next, a really good match here. Cerebral Stee versus Cliff Harrison. Stee attacks immediately because he likes to do that sort of thing. He hit a lovely step up into Gurry. But Cliff Harrison, leg sweep flatliner, beautiful. The Stee hit his modified Death Valley driver, missed an elbow, which was, you know, his hidden blade elbow to the back of the head. And Harrison hit that nasty looking reverse pile driver type move for the pin. It was great. Apparently Steve was a bit distracted because he was looking up the ramp before the end came. I think, I think the butty wagon, I think the sandwich wagon had arrived and someone had, had shouted, sandwiches! You know, so he was going to, he was going to have a cheese and pickle and uh, that did for him. Yeah. And by the time he got back after losing, the sandwich lady had gone. Oh, well, never mind. Anyway, here's your main event. It's uh, Khan and Sedgwick, so Mustafa Khan, and Jonathan Sedgwick, the owner of the company. I filled in your time's crossword, my lord. <laughs> and um, the Persian Empire are breaking up at this point, aren't they? So it's not really a thing anymore, is it? That's what they're doing, and they're doing it very quietly. And one of the ways they've done it is to say, well, we've got Sheiky Castle, who are the comedy items, and we've got this this tag team. They've worked together before. They really like working together. Wrestling conquers all. Yeah. And this is another semi-final tournament match in Tag League. And they're, they're fighting, facing the collective, Cayman Carlisle and JPR. Really good match, this, actually. Yeah. Now, Carlisle and Sedgwick match each other early on, but there is a JPR chant. He is really over the gentleman. He's in with Khan. Can't move him. And uh, by a shoulder tackle. And then Khan has a go at a shoulder tackle. Can't move JPR either. That's a really good moment. Just take him down with a clothesline, of course. But then we've got a, um, a Cayman Carlisle low drop kick and a lovely whipped suplex. At that point, at this point, Brett says, Khan's trying to get the crowd back into this. Right, not, that was a peek behind the curtain, wasn't it? A little bit. The crowd weren't massively into it. They were occasionally, but... Maybe they were tired by this point, because it was a really good match, you know. There was a Khan boot, Sedgwick leg, leg drop twice, and then a Khan double choke slam. And, you know, Cayman's smaller than JPR, but they're both big blokes. And that was for the pin. They then, because Sheiky Castle came out to, um, yeah, Sheiky Castle, came out to line up with them. And um, Sedgwick said, why don't you put the belts on the line? And, um... They will put the belts on the line when they next meet. Is it at the pay-per-view? Have I missed something or is it next week? It's next week, isn't it, I think? So they'll put the belts on the line. That'll be very interesting. And it wouldn't surprise me if Khan and Sedgwick are turning at law. 
won those belts, and Shiki Castle are left to do their comedy thing. <clears throat> comedy in inverted commas. And we finished with Paul Hubris saying that he has an open challenge for people, but no one's challenged him, so he's going home. Cut to Disciple at home, but sitting by a blank wall. Good. Don't do it in your garden like Rex Savage did. No. Or, or at B&Q or, you know, in, 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 your, in your kebab shop. I'm not saying he did that. He didn't. He was in his garden. But that's what I mean. Don't do it while you're walking for the, for the bus or something. You could do it from a car if you're in the back of a taxi or something or a limousine. Anyway, he says that he will fight the champion Paul Hubris at the pay-per-view. And that's where the whole thing comes full circle. Because remember, do remember, if you you can remember that long, at the head of this UKW showdown, Paul Hubris said that it wasn't fair that Leonie Rose had less than half an hour to prepare for a match. Well, he's now got less, not half an hour, 24 hours. Half an hour would be extraordinary. 24 hours, and this is Leonie Rose, not closely Rose, her sister, less than 24 hours to prepare, that wasn't fair. Less time to prepare, it's just not fair. And now he's in the same situation. As he says, well, that's not going to happen, is it? But it appears that it is, and he should be complaining to management because less than 24 hours to prepare, even on an open contract or an open challenge, is just not right. But I'll tell you what was right, Segway City, ha-ha. This episode of Showdown, because it really worked. Smooth, entertaining, sometimes a bit clunky, but not much. But that's part of the charm of UKW. And it's a charm which doesn't seem to be waning. Thank goodness for that. Ta-ta.